Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Pastor Geshom teaching us today on how to handle the hardships and trials that every one of us face. We look at the book of Habakkuk and see how we can thrive even when we are between a rock and a hard place. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. And even before we go into God's word, I want to wish each and every one of you a happy Independence Day. I know as a nation we are celebrating our Independence Day and we are grateful for the freedom that we get to have as citizens of this land. Freedom to worship, freedom to follow Jesus and freedom to serve our country in all the capacity that God has placed us in different parts of this country. And even before we go into God's word, uh, uh, we just come off a series and we had a guest speaker speak last week and she spoke amazingly on how do we as Christians walk in alignment, in humility, the way Jesus walked on the face of this earth. And for me personally, it's been encouraging to see and reevaluate a lot of the areas in which I probably thought I had it all and to go and ask God for forgiveness and say, God, help me to see things with your eyes. And even today, as I was preparing to speak God's word, uh, God gave me the title for this particular sermon, Between a Rock and a Hard Place. And I don't know how many of you are today in this kind of a situation where you feel like you're just, you know, caught in a tough place. You can't move to the left. You can't move to the right. You can't move forward or you can't move backward. You're gripped by fear. And everything that God's been working in and through you all these weeks, months and years is starting to crumble. And you're remembering that, Lord, I don't know what I've signed up for. And I want us to take some time today that even as we open God's word, even as we unpack uh, today from the life of Habakkuk, he was a prophet in the Old Testament. And we're going to see how we can navigate this journey that we are in. All of us will go through that place where we will be stuck between a rock and a hard place where we have to make crucial decisions. But as much as we uh, take time to make all these crucial decisions, there's this one decision that will never change if we are followers of Christ, is that we get to follow him all the days of our life. And in doing so, how do we take that next step in faith and how do we continue on with this journey? And even as I said, as you're going to be looking into the life of Habakkuk, you're going to look into the entire book, in fact, and summarize what is it that God was doing in his time, the place that God had placed him to be a prophet. And how does that apply today into our own context and where we are at? And what is God speaking to us so that we can draw out of his word and we can make some decisions so that we'll be able to follow him with all of our heart. Habakkuk was in fact a contemporary to Jeremiah, to Zephaniah, to Daniel, and possibly even to Ezekiel. And you know, it's interesting, the name of uh, Habakkuk means to embrace. And this prophet was situated in Judah. At that time, Israel had uh, had had a partition where there was Israel as a separate uh, country and Judah as a separate country, in fact. And so we see that there are so many ways in which these two kings kind of like steered away from God. Some followed God, some steered away and just, you know, started worshipping other gods, the gods of the land that they were part of. And during the time when this is being recorded, in fact, the Assyrians had actually captured Israel and Judah which was paying like royalty 
to the Assyrians. And the problem with the people in Judah was they didn't still look to God. They still didn't, you know, change their ways. They still thought that they are righteous. They still thought, you know, they were in a right footing with God. They still, you know, uh, did what was unjust. They still didn't, you know, they oppressed the poor. They still, uh, you know, elevated other gods. They still, you know, thought money is more important. And time and again, as these things are happening, Habakkuk raises this cry. And he tells God, God, what is happening? And God responds. And the entire chapter over the next three chapters, we read that Habakkuk raises a cry and God responds. Again, Habakkuk raises a cry and God responds. And in the end, Habakkuk finishes the entire book with an exaltation. And even before we, you know, uh, step in, I want to read a portion from that exaltation from Habakkuk chapter 3. And so can we uh, just go into reading Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 to 19. And it goes on to say, though the fig tree does not blossom, and there's no fruit on the wines, though the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation in the victorious God of my salvation. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has taken my feet steadily and sure like hind's feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. Even as we are reading these verses, as I've titled it, you know, between a rock and a hard place, you know, with all that's been happening over the last year and a half, with all that uh, different situations that we, each of us have been placed under, you know, we've all been you know, stuck at home. Some of us are returning back to work. Some of us have been so confused of what's really happening. You know, things, thing, you know, it looks like they are opening up, but then suddenly they're closing it back. You know, and we've had so many emotions where we've, in fact, have lost so many dear friends, so many loved ones. For some of us, it's family members. For some of us, we've even lost our jobs. For some of us, you know, there's just been despair. There's been, you know, uh, the nights are filled with tears. We are so scared of our future. There's just fear that is gripping us time and again. You know, you don't have to, uh, you know, uh, go looking for fear. The minute you just look at the news, the minute you just see some of the headlines, fear grips you. You know, there's unrest in the entire world. There's, you know, wars happening in certain parts of the world. There are, you know, natural calamities that are happening. I know for, for, for me this week, as even I was reading the news, you know, the fact that the climate change and the way that there's a sense of urgency for us to do something to preserve the planet because so many things are changing, which is causing the entire environment to change across the world. Fear is so evident and fear is so present. But today, as children of God, as followers of Jesus, you know, we will be around fear. But will we allow fear to come into our hearts? Because if you're saying Jesus is with us, the one thing that Jesus will constantly keep doing is he'll dispel fear. He'll make sure fear has no room in us. You know, I read a quote which went on to say like this, let fear come knocking at your door, but make sure you don't dine in with fear. And a lot of us today have some form of fear that we've, you know, have allowed into our lives where we are literally dining in and, you know, it's become a close companion. And reading through this, the one thing that I want to assure you is we have the God of angel armies by our side. I love what it says in verse 19. The Lord is my strength. 
I want each and every one of you to tell it. The Lord is my strength. He is my source of courage. He is my invincible army. Just imagine that if he is your courage and if he promises that he's coming, you know, to fight for you with an invincible army. What powerful words are those? What powerful declarations are those? You know, it goes on to say, he has made my feet steady and sure like Heinz feet and makes me walk forward. In fact, just a few days back in our creative night, we were just talking about how uh, the deer is so, uh, you know, fast on its feet. It can make those sharp turns because of its hind feet. We also saw how these mountain goats are able to climb the mountains with these so that they are able to, they are steady. They're not shaky. They're steady. Every, you know, uh, every step they take is one with steadiness and with courage. They're standing there at such high mountains. God will, you know, give us strength in our feet to stand. And even as we are stuck in these two places, you know, what is our mental framework? Are we giving into fear or are we just boldly speaking against fear and saying, you know, fear, you have no room. You know, there are two kinds of fears. Fear where, you know, one which keeps us away from doing what is bad. For example, if my son has to go and touch the stove after cooking, you know, the first time he's, he's scared because he knows when he touches it, it's going to burn him. And that's a healthy fear because it keeps you away from doing certain things. But when that fear is gone, what happens is we just, you know, aimlessly go about doing whatever we feel like, whenever we feel like, however we feel like. And that's the beautiful thing about the fear of God. Fear of God, you know, kind of like keeps us so close to him. I love one preacher, how he says, he goes on to say, you know, the love of God draws us to him, but the fear of God keeps us close with him. And I strongly believe we all need to have a healthy understanding of the fear of God so that we will stay in his presence, stay so much that, you know, we'll be so sensitive to him. Like when David cries out and says, God, do not take away your Holy Spirit from me. He wanted his presence so close. And so today, even as we read into the life of, you know, Habakkuk and see what God was speaking to him, I would encourage you, would you make that your prayer so that this God who is one with strength, one with courage and one who has an army with him will be able to give us that spiritual confidence so that we'll be able to go upon these high places and take on that challenge and we'll be responsible enough to declare and to say this is the Lord's doing. And so even as we saw in that verse, the couple of words which jumped out to me were, you know, we will choose to rejoice. We will choose to shout in victory. You know, there's an element in verse 17 and 18. It goes on to say, especially in verse 18, it says, I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout the victories of God. Today, as followers of Christ, the choice is on us. The choice is not on the leaders of your church. The choice is not on your spouse. The choice is not in the surroundings that you are, but the choice is within you. Do you choose today to, you know, acknowledge and rejoice in the Lord? Do you choose today to actually shout in victory and say that God is my strength, God is my portion? And today in this 21st century, in this 2021, will we choose to show up? Will we choose to be plugged in? Will we choose to witness? Will we choose to change so that we can be transformed to who God wants us to be? The choice is ours. And let us choose wisely to follow God. 
I love how this dialogue goes back and forth between Habakkuk and God. Just imagine, you know, Habakkuk here is not even going and telling the people you must repent. No, he just sees what's happening around and he tells God, God, what is happening? Why, why aren't the people changing? He's literally standing like a watchman. He's standing on guard for the people of Judah and he's telling God, do something. What should be done? You know, and I love how God responds. God is a God who responds to the cries of his people. So today, what are you really asking God? More than all the prayers that we pray about, the material things that we need, the breakthroughs that we need, the bills that we have to pay, you know, the situations that we know, you know, only God can change. But we time and again keep focus only on that. God's asking us to rise up like Habakkuk today in places where God's placed us so that we'll be able to cry out and seek God and stand in that gap. That it, many a times, even as we feel like we are in, you know, stuck in that place, God will answer us so that our focus and our the way we see things will change so that we'll be able to see God come in and work in his time. And so the first thing, when we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place is, we need to understand that God's intervention dispels our fear and causes us to remain faithful. I'm going to repeat that God's intervention dispels our fear and causes us to remain faithful. As I mentioned earlier, as Habakkuk was having this intimate conversation with God, you know, his worry was, Lord, the Assyrians are here, you know, and they have uh, the, the historical background. You see, the Assyrians had actually literally were ruling the world at one point. They were known for the way they handled their military. In fact, the way they handled their slaves, the people of prisoners of war. You know, they literally had so many ways of torturing and dealing with people. They didn't value life. They didn't value the prisoners of war. And they were known for their atrocities. You know, and in fact, they, their armies were big. They, they just plundered. And let's read from Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. Habakkuk goes on to ask God, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. There's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that the justice has become perverted. I don't know how many of you, as you're listening to this, can, you know, look at it and say that we are living in a day and age like this today. So, so many of us, wherever we turn, we just see evil. Whatever we read, we see the evil misdeeds of man. Whatever we see, we see, you know, justice is not being served. And yet we find that 2000 odd years back, this was the same situation when the people of Judah were struggling. It goes on to say there are, you know, they are outnumbered. The righteous are outnumbered. There are only a few who are following God. Fear is gripping each and everyone, especially for those who are following God. It seems even more fearful because you don't know what's going to happen. How do we react to this? Habakkuk 1 verse 5 and God replies and he goes on to say, The Lord replied, look around at the nations, look around and be amazed for I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. It's interesting when Habakkuk is pouring his heart out to what is happening in his land, God gives him a promise. And if you see the whole of the entire Old Testament, God time and again speaks 
of his appointed time when things will happen and god to you know god assures habakkuk that he has to have patience to wait and he goes on to say you know i love how it says here for i'm doing something in your own day something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it so much that even if god had to tell him he's saying there will be the doubt where you'll think will this really happen and if you read from genesis time and again whatever god told was far beyond what man could understand i love what it says in ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 in fact ecclesiastes chapter 3 goes on to talk about time and you know there's an appointed time for everything and it goes on to say in verse 11 he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time he has also planted eternity a sense of divine purpose in the human heart a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except god yet man cannot find out comprehend or grasp what god has done his overall plan from the beginning to the end and so today even as we stand as you know intercessors as people in the uh, in between you know for our land for the things that god has placed on our heart let's remember sometimes what god will assure us is that he will do it in his time are we willing to you know take ground and wait on him till he shows up continuing on to read from habakkuk 1 verse 6 to 8 it goes on to say i'm raising up the babylonians a cruel and violent people they will march across the world and conquer other lands they are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk their charioteers charge from afar like eagles they swoop down and devour their prey you're like geshom what happened Habakkuk cried and was saying God why don't you look he probably was asking God God do something so that they'll turn their hearts you know do something so that you know they'll know that you are the God of Israel but God responds saying that I'm going to send another nation even more notorious than the Assyrians who'll come and look at the example that he's giving the horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than the wolves their charioteers charge from afar like eagles they swoop down their prey I don't know how many of you've seen how eagles actually come and you know take that fish, uh, you know, uh, from the water and just go. You don't know from where it's coming, at what speed it's coming, and look at this. God saying, you know what? To the people, I'm still going to be God, but their situation will look entirely different. They're going to go into, you know, they're going to become slaves in the midst of all that. I'm still God. and it's interesting how habakkuk goes on to respond to god he says oh god my lord my holy one you are eternal surely you do not plan to wipe us out oh lord our rock you have sent these babylonians to correct us to punish us for our many sins but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil will you think at their treachery should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they even as i mentioned earlier that you know standing in between a rock and a hard place we might be in a season where we've just had the worst battle and we might think we might entering into a season of rest but our christian walk is such that the next battle that we're entering into will be far more bigger than what we are going what we had been through and i don't know who i'm actually talking to today a lot of us in fact um 
even as we were going through the planted series, you know, um, uh, personally, I was meditating on Habakkuk because I was in this place where I felt I was in, in this tight place, not knowing what to do. You know, in personally and in terms of the work that I was going through, I felt like there was nothing moving. You know, it just seemed like a season of, uh, it just seemed like dead weight. You know, I was just carrying dead weight. And as it seemed like that month got over and I'm entering into another month, I felt the season even become more harder. And God reminded me, this cry that Habakkuk makes here, God, what are you doing, God? Don't wipe us out. I know you're correcting us, but Lord is so kind enough. He wants to teach us in the midst of all this, uh, you know, this the, the hard place that we are in. You know, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to look, not knowing what to say, that we'll be only dependent on God, that we'll be only able to look to God who is our salvation, that we'll be only able to see God and ask him, God, I need your help. Habakkuk 2 verse 3 and 4 goes on to say this. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. As much as Habakkuk was crying out saying, God, why are you bringing another nation, another nation which is far more scarier than the present one to over, I mean, to rule us, to, you know, to suppress us. But God saying, have patience. Their time will come. That, that particular nation which is coming will also have its own time. Because under God's care, under God's, you know, under God's view, everything has a time. No one has a free reign. As much as evil is there, it has to come to an end. As much as good is happening, good will continue to happen. But as much as we always emphasize so much on the evil and all that's happening around, there is a time that will come when it will stop. There is a time when it will come and we'll be able to break free and walk out of that, you know, that cloud of evil. And God's saying here, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. And so as much as we are calling on the name of God, as much as we are, you know, saying, God, you are my helper, you are my savior, help me, give me the strength to go through this. Can we be faithful to God every step of the way? Can we be faithful to God every day? Can we be faithful to God every minute? Because the fear will grip us, it will cause us, it will literally disorient us. You know, personally, for me, uh, just over the last uh, 10 days, I had this uh, weird thing where I got off the bed and started feeling dizzy. And the first day when I, in fact, felt dizzy, I just, you know, went back to bed. And um, it, it, it kept recurring again, time and again, you know, for the next couple of days. And the one thing which I could tell uh, my wife was the fact that, you know what, it's literally disorienting me. You know, I'm, I'm, I had so many other things I had to do, go outside. I had to take the car and go and do some work. I literally went and did it. But... On the back of my head, I had this scare. I had this fear. And I had to rely on God and say, God, I'm trusting you. Come with me. I'm trusting you. Be with me. I'm trusting you. Give me the strength. So today, I don't know what situation you're going through. Today, a lot of us have so many situations. A lot of us, you know, are probably in a financial debt where we have been struggling time and again. We are, you know, we're just locked. We're in this locked job position where we don't know what to do. We've, 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 we are waiting on God for the breakthrough, but you know, we need God's wisdom. For some of you, it could be that relationship where, you know, you've just, 
you just don't know you just you just want to give up ask god god i know your perfect timing but help me lord to be faithful as a follower of you lord i believe that you will save me at the right time i love what it says in romans 1 verse 17 it says this good news tells us how god makes us right in his sight this is accomplished from start to finish by faith as the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous man has life it is through faith that a righteous person has life and so today let us not give up on our faith faith knowing that god will come through faith knowing that god has our back faith knowing that god will deliver us and when you see this entire chapter you know habakkuk is you know stuck in this place and he's like god i thought you'll just you know you'll do something so that we'll be able to lean back and worship you we'll be able to you know look at you and you will deliver us because that's been their life story all this long they fell into sin they you know called on the name of god they turned their ways turned from their wicked ways and god answered but god has a divine plan also sometimes he allows us to go through some of life's toughest journeys just so that it will prove not only to us but to the watching world that he is still god that he is still god who knows and does right by his followers and so today you know it's interesting that as uh, habakkuk was worried about the nation that's going to come and suppress them god tells them hey i will make sure that their time also comes and when, when god explains he tells you know there'll be you know they'll also go through their own set of sorrows he says you know thieves will come and steal from them they'll be plundered you know they'll the they'll they'll build houses and their monies will be stolen they'll build cities and you know with corruption and that they, it wouldn't even last he goes on to say they'll be even they'll be so drunk and they'll be proud of their sin they will build images covered with gold which they'll think talks back to them and they'll talk to it god tells him that their end also will come but will you stand the test of time and prove to be faithful and righteous and it's interesting the more we read in the new testament the more we see after jesus coming in even as we heard last week in humility even unto death jesus was ready and that same humility is what the early church carried on every step of the way in imprisonment in every step of the way wherever they got dispersed into in humility they did everything not considering themselves better than others and god's asking us will we take that stand so that our faith will be strong and god is said in his word that the righteous will be saved in his time the righteous will be saved even as we read from chapter 2 verse 4 but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to god god's asking us will we be faithful in the hard times will we be faithful even if we are in a tough place with regard to our boss you know uh, nothing is going right with our work you know probably in 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 our own lives if you're lacking peace in in our lives if things aren't working out the way if everything is just come to a standstill and you feel like you've plateaued if you know the relationships that you've been uh, having with your friends and everything has just come to a standstill and you know something is not working right and you know you're just worried and you just are in this hard place will you just say god i commit it to you i commit it to you and god's asking us this question will you be faithful hebrews 10 verse 32 goes on to say but remember the earlier days 
when after being spiritually enlightened, you patiently endured a great conflict of sufferings. Sometimes by being made a spectacle, publicly exposed to insults and distress, and sometimes by becoming companions with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy and deep concern for those who were imprisoned, and you joyfully accepted the unjust seizure of your belongings and the confiscation of your property. Conscious of the fact that you have a better position and a lasting one prepared for you in heaven. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstance without compromising so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and he will not delay. But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. But our way is not the way of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who believe relying on God through faith in Christ Jesus the Messiah and by his confident faith preserve the soul. As you read this, you realize that the Christian walk is not going to be one where everything is going to be set out. You know, it's going to be amazing in this uh, earth that we are living in. This Christian walk that we do in this world will come into place where a lot of things will be hard for us. But as we read, you know, will we have that patient endurance to bear up in difficult circumstances without compromising? Because what happens in that is, in that we build our faith. In that, we are strengthened. In that, we do not shrink back. You know, our faith doesn't shrink back because of fear. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of us being surrounded by fear, our faith strengthens so that we'll be strong. Habakkuk's faith was strengthened the minute God spoke. Today, how many of us are actually, you know, confident to say, when God spoke to me, my faith has become more stronger? A lot of us lack it because we have given our ears are so tuned to the fear around us. Our minds are so tuned to the fear around us. But if God's speaking to you, and how does God speak? God speaks through his word. God speaks through his people. God speaks when you pray and have that intimate moment with him and you're asking God speak to me. He reveals his scripture. And when he reveals something to you, take it as his word and let your faith enlarge. So that we will not give in to fear. We won't, you know, take a step back. But we will be able to take a step forward. And that we will be able to say, God, you are my shield. You are my portion. You are my solid rock in whom I'll stand. And I'll find the deliverance in your time. You know, a lot of us know Florence Nightingale. And she said this beautiful thing. How very little can be done under the spirit of fear. A lot of us probably just know her as, you know, she was the early day nurse. But, you know, she was known as a lady with a lamp. As she walked down those, you know, army clinics in the night, after putting everyone to bed, she will quietly walk with that lamp, making sure everyone is okay. You know, she had, uh, uh, she, a lot of them call her as a ministering angel. 
she was well known because of the crimean war where she you know was asked to build a hospital and take care of the wounded soldiers and at one point 48% of all the people in that hospital were passing away because of poor sanitation and once she realized that she in fact made sure that they had proper sanitization and the numbers dropped all the way to 2% during that time she was known for uh you know the sanitization to be brought into hospitals so that the mortality rate will be very low and she goes on to say how very less can be done under the spirit of fear and so today church if some of you are gripped by the spirit of fear you know because you're stuck in this place because you don't know what's uh what the future is give it into the hand of god so that this all knowing god who knows everything you know the problem is we are so laid back when it comes to what god has to tell about us and the future we are so laid back when it comes to claiming his promises we just read it and we brush it aside we are okay to you know claim uh, you know some of these uh, predictions that are said we are okay to claim some of these market research that is said if they say invest so much here you'll get this return we trust that far more than we trust god but today can we turn that around and say god more than i trust paper and people i want to trust you i want to trust you so that i don't you know get enveloped in the spirit of fear but i'm an overcomer so that i'll be able to see where you're calling me to be and i'll be fruitful in that i'll be able to live the life that you've called and i'll be part of that righteous crowd so that i'll be able to say the lord was with me so today let god's intervention dispel our fear as he talks to us and let it cause us to remain faithful and let our faith be strengthened in him the second thing which i would like for us to look at is when we find ourselves between this rock and a hard place is god's intervention allows us to trust his process and also praise him continually it causes us to trust his process not our process and it also causes us to praise him continually i love what it goes on to say as habakkuk kept hearing all of this as this exchange happened when you know he talked about his land and god said you know what i'm going to do something which is far beyond what you can understand i'm going to bring in another nation to rule over you and he goes on to petition to god god why why and then god says there will be a time for that also to get over and i will sustain you through that what habakkuk responds is he trusts god almighty with all that he said and his response bursts out into a glorified praise of glorifying god for who he is habakkuk chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 goes on to say a prayer of habakkuk the prophet set to wild and enthusiastic music oh lord i have heard the report about you and i fear oh lord revive your work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make it known in wrath honestly remember compassion and love I love Habakkuk's rep- response to what God tells. You know and I my prayer was God every time when I read your word when when your word when your word is a promise to me Lord help me to respond like this help me to respond where I am wild and I'm enthusiastic about it Lord Jesus. I'm not just docile and saying yeah thank you God or God why God it, it it's okay it's, it just seems like a 50% of a promise. when habakkuk heard god he was wild and he had an enthusiastic way of shouting it out and saying he goes on i love what it says in the second verse it says in wrath remember compassion and love our god is compassionate 
our God is loving to the righteous. And today you and I are made righteous because of Jesus. Today you and I know that, you know, we can call on the name of Jesus because, you know, he is our God. We have accepted him into our lives. We've accepted him as God and Savior over our lives. So today, church, I want us to be, let praise be our first response. Let praise be our, you know, immediate thing that we do when we receive God's word. You know, one of the things that I've understood, you know, time and again is complaining does not move the heart of God. Complaining, in fact, you know, distances us from the heart of God. Worship draws us close to the heart of God. And so Habakkuk's response is one which has drawn him even more closer to God, even though it seems like the times are going to be tough. Because of that worship, he was able to draw more closer to God and take refuge in the shadow of his wings. We're going to read a few more verses from the chapter. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 4 to 6 and 12 and 13. It goes on to say, His coming, that's God's coming, is as brilliant as sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Pestilence marches before him. Plague follows close behind him. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. When he shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills. He is the eternal one. Verse 12, you marched across the land in anger and trampled the nations in your fury. You went down to rescue your chosen people, to save your anointed ones. You crushed the heads of the wicked and stripped their bones from head to toe. You know, one of the things that we can do when we are in this tough place, especially when we do have nowhere to go, is to glorify God and to worship him for who he is. You know, the minute you bring God into the mix, everything around, the atmosphere around you becomes more of what who God is and not what your situation is. That's why I love worship songs. That's why I love what God is putting into each and every worship leader who's penning down these words. They are just not ordinary words. They are just not words, you know, they just, you know, woke up one day and decided to write. They all wrote it at a time when they were in that place. They all wrote it at a time when they wanted to see God as their champion, when they wanted to see God as their way maker, when they wanted to see God as their deliverer, when they wanted to see God as their gyra. And that's the beautiful thing about community because when I don't know what to say, when I don't know what to do, I can call on the name of the God what others are calling upon. If he's been a gyra to someone, I can call on that same God saying, God, you've been a gyra to them. Can you be a gyra to me? God, you've been a champion to them. Can you be a champion to me? God, you've been a healer to them. Can you be a healer to me? And you automatically allow God's sovereignty to come into that situation. And you see him for who he is. He gives you that peace that passeth all understanding. And you just are in reverent bowing there saying, God, you be exalted. Let every fear dispel. I love how it says here, when he stops the earth shakes. It says in verse 5, pestilence marches before him and plague follows close behind him. You know, for me, the imagery is, you know, the minute you are in a dark room and when you have that light, wherever you go with that light, you get to move freely. And that's what happens with Jesus in us. When we exalt Jesus, when we worship him for who he is. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 to 5 goes on to say, But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us 
patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of god cascading into our hearts through the holy spirit who lives in us god wants us to develop a patient endurance and he wants to refine our character i love that in every situation in every situation as a family when we've been through the toughest of situation there was a song to sing and that song has a testimony because that song carried us through that song led us through that situation that song brought god into that situation today what song are you singing because when you're singing and worshiping god only jesus can be magnified it goes on to say what john the baptist says lord may you increase and may i decrease that's what happens when we worship god let christ be magnified 1 peter chapter 4 verse 12 goes on to say dear friends don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you instead be very glad for these trials make you partners with christ in his sufferings so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world if you are insulted because you bear the name of christ you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of god rests upon you if you suffer however it must not be for murder stealing making trouble or prying into other people's affairs but it is no shame to suffer for being a christian praise god for the privilege of being called by his name i love what the response of all the new testament followers of christ was it was either they gathered together and prayed it's either they gathered together and sang and worshiped god or they went on fearlessly to proclaim his word i love when paul and silas were sitting in that jail their only response was to worship and praise him he'll put a song in your mouth when you are in the dumps he'll put a song in your mouth when you don't know what to do he'll put a song in your mouth so that his presence will be evident there and that you will be able to have faith knowing that you have a god above everyone who's willing to fight for you i'm going to read that same verse that i read in the beginning from habakkuk chapter 3 it goes on to say though the fig tree does not blossom and there's no fruit on the vines though the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food though the flock is cut off from the fold there are no cattle in the stalls yet i will choose to rejoice in lord I will choose to shout in exaltation the victorious God of my salvation for the Lord is my strength my source of courage my invincible army he has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility when we praise Jesus when we glorify Jesus there's only one name that can stand above every other name when we lift the name of jesus there's only one name that can be over every other name that man has for what he's going through when we lift the name of jesus every sickness has to bow in his name when we lift the name of jesus no demonic power can stand in his name so church even as we all have decided to ask jesus to come into this very place that if we are stuck in let's remember that when god intervenes he dispels fear and causes us to remain faithful and as we saw the second thing when god intervenes he allows us to trust his process and he also brings about a praise in our lips so that we'll be able to glorify him
So church, I ask that even as you step into this week, may this week be one where you're singing his praise irrespective of what your situation is. Find that song which you can hold on to because whoever has sung it, make it your song so that it will be something that in the season, it will be something which drives you back into God's word. It will be something which God can lead you every step of the way. And even as this time, even as we close the service, I just want to say that God is going to be with you. That there is people around you who are here to support you in prayer. Ask people to help you in this journey. God wants to bless you and be with you, especially in this time when you don't have to journey alone. That's the beauty about community. So get in touch with us and we would love to pray with you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.